You're listening to the Hammersley Brothers Podcast. If you'd like to get started with three of our best tools, see the link in the show notes. They're free and video training is included. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week we're back for 2024 talking about email for the first purchase on an e-commerce site. It's a big myth that email is only used for repeat business. So we dive into this and look at the importance of email for first-time customers. So let's get started. I'm okay. How are you doing? Happy New Year! Happy New Year to you. Gosh, this is uh, a new year and we're actually recording it on video as well, which is a little bit disconcerting because I can actually see. I'm not sure whether it's worse being able to see you or or to be able to see myself. I think it's probably myself, to be honest. It just makes you realise For me, it's you, being able to see you. You can't. Can you actually see? No, because... you know, I'm obviously looking for, I mean, when I say, you know, these great points of e-commerce wisdom, I'm, you know, I look for this fantastic reaction where, whereas I look at you and you're like, Ooh. Yeah. It's just deadpan. No. I, uh, see, and yeah. also normally see. when you're talking, I just, I, I just wander around the room like aimlessly, like just, uh, you know, and do things, might do a bit of laundry and all because, you know, you go off on one of your rants. Now I've got to stand here and, uh, pay attention. <laughs> Whose idea was it to do it? I don't know. I don't know. It's because we were looking I think at it was uh, mine. We were looking at someone else's <laughs> uh, social media content, and he was all happy and alive and interested. And there was me. I was like, looked like I was going to kill somebody. I like. Anyway, so it was the idea yeah, that we'd get you, better at video. You've got a face, face for radio. Yeah, say. that's that's a, unfortunately that's probably the truth. Truth. Um, yeah. Well, we're going to do a podcast today on. Um, uh, email and the importance of email for the first time customer uh, uh, purchase. Um, because one of the most, one of the weirdest things that, that people seem to think is that the email is not important for the first purchase. And it's certainly a mistake we actually made with one of our websites. We launched the website, we were going for about, gosh, for about 12 months. And we thought, oh, we won't do email yet because email is more about reactivation and selling to existing customers and all those kind of things. Um, but actually, as soon as we started the email, we realized that it was massive for first-time customers. Um, and that, that, mm. that, was a real, that was a real game changer for us. So, I think that, yeah, I think that's the first misconception. It wasn't 12 months, actually. It wasn't that long. No. Um, I think it was like, I think it was about, probably about four months um and i think over that four months nothing was really working particularly well it was okay it was bumbling along you know we were we were growing at a reasonable rate um but um but yeah it was it was when we started and that's the biggest misconception i think with email is probably a couple of things probably a couple of things right first misconception is with email is it is a retention device i.e it's for existing customers to come back and buy again that's the first misconception um and the second misconception is is which is related to the to the goal really is that if your list isn't very big it's very difficult to get masses of revenue out of it so for example if you've only got 5000 people on your email database you're going to struggle to make any meaningful revenue 
growth out of it, um, depending on your average order value, of course. So the 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 but the fir- the, the reason why and, and the first the first then uh, can we don't want to go down a rant because I can I can see you this is I can see you drifting off. I'm not drifting <laughs> off. I've covered I've covered I've covered myself up with a towel and I've covered you up with a piece of paper now. So. Uh, so I can concentrate, <laughs> right. concentrate on what you're saying, because literally, <laughs> I, I find I just find I need to be able to like have my whole brain Why? focusing on what you're saying yeah. for some reason. Then. It's true. Yeah. I can't do that because I'm doing it on my phone. But anyway, th- what I'll what I'll say is the the first misconception is that it is email is a retention. So when we say retention, it means that they've already bought, and so you get people who say, okay, the extreme example is if you're selling wedding dresses. So people go, oh, well, I'm selling a wedding dress. So why do I need people's email addresses? Because when they bought a wedding dress, they're not going to buy another wedding dress. Mm. Um, however, when you realize that, how long does it take people to make a decision to buy a wedding dress and how much they spend in a wedding dress? It's quite a high average order value and it takes a long time. So the, the, we had this little quadrant, didn't we, where we were saying, well, the longer the purchase takes to make, or the longer the buying window and the higher the average order value, the more important or the even, it's even more important to get the email address because they're just not going to go and land on the site and buy the first wedding dress that they see. You know, it's going to take months and it's not, wedding dress is an extreme example, but you could, there's just many, many, many e-commerce purchases where it is a relatively long buying window and it is a relatively high average order value, so it's more of a considered purchase. And you, and it, well, it was the other day, the, the company that's selling the, um, you know, remote control electronic golf buggies, the like $2,000 golf trolleys, like, and they drive themselves. And it's, you know, it's like, it's $2,000. And it's the sort of thing, it's a bit like, um, like a drone, like, you know, like, it, like, you know, the, the, the new sort of, you know, DVI pro drone, like, you're not going to go, I want to buy a drone. Um, I've decided to buy a drone, and you land on the you land on the first website you see, and you buy the two thousand pound drone. Like it doesn't happen. Like it, it takes a long time to um, to think to think about it and just decide whether or not you want to go ahead with it. So that's what we're saying is you, you have to get the email. Yeah. Get the email. In, in so fact, the biggest and, and because it's vital for the first purchase. Yeah, the biggest place that I've actually seen people not using email for the first sales actually business to business because a couple of business to business websites we're working on at the moment and if you go and look at their websites you can't even give them your email address if you want to like the only way to do it is actually to sign up for an account to buy something or something like that like you can't there's no email news, newsletter subscription box on a lot of these business to business sites and it's because they go they're thinking that it's all about the customer list yet there's a bit of a revolution really happening in business to business for those ones that actually are capturing the email address earlier on and being able to get the sale. And 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 if you think about it, let's take the, the golf buggy, for example. Um, they might find out that a lot of people buying watch a particular YouTube video or that they listen to a podcast or they listen or they see something, you know, in, in a certain place. Wouldn't it be good to take the email address and send the the person who hasn't bought yet, that YouTube video that you know, it actually converts people. Rather than letting people stumble across that YouTube video during during their you know during their, their research period, it, effectively, if if you've ever run a sales team, one of the first things you learn is that 
you put the ball in your court. So you don't you don't rely on the uh, the customer to decide when they want to um, when they when they want to decide to kind of come and have another look. Effective, you're a effective salesperson. You're actually you're the one following up. You're the one um, mm. creating uh, the conversation. You're the one that's actually moving the sale forward. It's the same with email. If you haven't got email, there's no way, there's no way you can actually put the ball in your court and actually, you know, get the customer to see the things you want to see. You've got no chance. And so, oh. it's super important. To get, is that your dog? That's my dog. Who's decided to? Like, I mean, I'm, apologies, but you know, this is what happens when you start recording. I don't Live. think it would, you know. The thing is, it would have still, it would have still, she'd have still, Lola. Quiet. There's nobody there. I'm in the centre of Manchester, and um, she just heard somebody outside. Come here. I'll give you a sausage. Um, sorry, did I? Was that was that interrupting? Was that you know distracting? No, there? no, it's not at all. That was fine. No, no, no. Uh, no. So, I I think that the the reason we wanted to talk about this was because effectively we're seeing a lot of people not realize this as well. And it was one of the things we didn't realize. And if there's one area that is effectively a secret bullet, and we always say there's no magic bullet, there's no silver bullet, there's no, there's no thing, but there is, if there is an unfair advantage, it's those people who are having a second bite at the Apple. Like they, if you've got a Google ads account or a Facebook ads account and you're driving people to the website, those people who buy in their first purchase, first visit, or you know, uh, soon after, you're getting those people. If you've got the ability to then capture the the almost buyers, get the email address, and then sell to them maybe ten days, twenty days later, you're actually getting a double bite at the apple, which your competitors aren't. And so that then drives a higher ROAS because obviously those sales get attributed to. So let's say it's Google Ads, and Google Ads is still within its thirty day. Uh, cookie window um, and so it drives those sales and, and it increases the ROAS. so you go oh, well that was a good ROAS. So I can I can keep increasing spend and like that mm. was on on the bedding site that was that was a big revolution revelation re- really was that when we sent an email out it wasn't the existing customers that were really buying the most it was the it was the it was the people on the email list who hadn't bought yeah. yet um, well, we didn't have any existing customer, did we? So, you know, no. we, it was it was essentially just coming to the realization that people were not going to buy there and then, and they needed multiple touch points. Um, and obviously, we stood a much greater chance of actually converting them if we if we got their email address because it was by far the cheapest way that we could um, open that keep that conversation going with them. Well, if you look at, um, I mean, so, if you just just going back to the betting site, if you look at the the Black Friday sales, it was about £20,000 on Black Friday. Of that, £16,000 of that was new customers who never bought before. So, and the and only, it all came and through all came email. email. It was email. Yeah, that, that yeah it was all that. email. So, hmm. essentially, like, without, without email, you know, our ROAS was bumbling along at, let's say, you know, 2.8. But then when we, when, we, when we brought email into the mix and we aggressively captured the email, we put a lot of weight into capturing the email, we put it into a really a good, a simple sales flow that had trust, credibility, and a, and a good offer in it. Um, 
ROAS would double during the week or the weekend that we would be standing, um, if not more than double. So it would it would add probably as an overall. I mean, we would I would say something like it would add another twenty five percent easily on top of the ROAS that we were getting. Yeah, know, as an overall period. So it was a it was a you know if you think about it, you know, from an econ perspective, what we're trying to do. It, we're all trying to get more revenue out of the same spend. That's what we're trying to do. We're mm. trying to get as efficient as we can. You know, we're getting a load of customers coming into the store and we want as many of them to buy as we can. So we, what, we, what we don't want to do is have to go and spend loads more money to increase the rent. We're trying to get the most revenue we can out of the same spend. And email is the most obvious one to do that with. Because you're not having to go and pay to recruit them again on Google or Facebook. They're already there. And the the most interesting thing is how little energy e-com brands make te- when they're trying to actually get the email. Yeah. Like there's still in you know, so you know, knowing that it is a it is a secret weapon. I mean, not you know, we are you know, we're Englishmen, we you know, we are not people to uh, they, you know jump up and down and i'm you know you're definitely not someone who's going to get really excited about the next big you know shiny econ thing so for us to say it is the secret weapon um you know it, it's quite bold um so it's amazing how little time people spend on actually getting the email knowing that it is because it's a turbocharger to the paid activity in fact, in some respects, it's like it's almost even more powerful for recruitment um, than it is for retention. Almost. Your video's gone off, by the way. I know my cameras. Camera. My cameras. It's so hot in New Zealand at the moment that my camera is turning itself off because it's so hot. Um, <laughs> well, we haven't talked about the weather. No. Fact, so I, it's important. Uh, yeah, I haven't. We didn't talk about weather. I was so discombobulated by the fact that I could see myself that. Uh, um, so I'll, I'll shut the curtain and see if it cools down in here a little bit, and then I'll, I'll turn it on in a bit. But um, okay. you just have to look at Ian with his nice elephants in the background for a little bit. But uh, yeah, right. it, it's super, super important. And, and, and I think that really, particularly last year, last 18 months, it's really influenced the, the, how we changed the model and how we, we changed the split testing and what we focused yeah. on. And one of the things we're always talking about, first one we talk to somebody is what's your data capture rate? And, and then next yeah. the question is, 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 is what have you done to improve that? What, you know, when was the last time yeah. you, you revisited so, it? I just say this, I say there's just three, there's three things to this podcast. There's the, the first, the first one, which is just the realization that it is a, a, a game changer in terms of getting more revenue out of the same spend. The second one is it only works if you have got a decent email capture rate. Okay. So that's the second piece. The third piece is it only works if you've got a good email flow to send Mm. uh, as well. So obviously you've got to know, yes, it's important. B, I need, I need to get loads of emails in order to make it work. Uh, Because if you're only capturing like 1% of the site's traffic, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing to your bloody email flows and your email communications. You've only got one percent of the traffic, so you're touching nothing. Yeah. You know, it's and I think I think loads of people so, do that. Loads of people go and spend so much on their flows 
thinking it's going to revolutionize yeah. the business without thinking about how many emails are actually going into it in the first place. Whereas that yeah. first step is, is, you know, you could, you could double your revenue just by getting double the email capture rate. And that's not yeah. that hard to do yeah. on most websites. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? When you think about the gains that we have, you know, can we double conversion rate? Probably not. Mm. Um, you know, can we double traffic? Well, it's going to be really bloody hard. Can we double average order value? Probably definitely not. Can we double the amount of emails we're capturing? Yeah. Triple, mm. quadruple we've seen because people are bad at it. Yeah. Because they, you know, the, the, what what they tend to do is go, oh, here's ten percent off. Go and sign up to our newsletter. It's like, who the hell wants to go and sign? Nobody wants to sign up to your newsletter. Nobody does. That's like saying go and do a hundred press ups in the corner of the room. It's like no one's going to do it. That's so, the thing. You know, that's the thing. And there's a friction there, isn't it? There's a friction there between. I mean, we've done podcasts on data capture and how to increase the data capture, but like, there's a friction between how much of a bait incentive you have and how much you're willing to give away. And that, that that's because let's, let's say you're on Google shopping, for example, then your products are hundred dollars. And let's say you want to do a 20% off first time customer. And then really you've got to price up to $120 on Google shopping, which maybe makes you less competitive. So we've been looking at ways that you can pre-discount in Google shopping, still capture the email address and have everything kind of win, win, win across everything. And that that's really when you start to see, it's almost like everything starts to resonate well together. You're getting high data capture rate, you're getting good click-through rate in Google ads and everything works together. Um, and yet you're still able to do, you're still able to get the margin you want. So it, it's all, all yeah. got to work together, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it has. And I'll, yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, the hook for the email tends to be centered around the offer architecture. It doesn't have to be. Um, I know we've talked, a lot, we have talked a lot about that, but um, you know, it often is, you know, um, but um, what I mean by that is, so you might say, right, you know, um, get 50, you know, $50 off your, 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 your first purchase or this weekend only or offer ends Monday, $50 off. Um, you don't have to, that doesn't have to be the ultimate offer that you uses to flush them out. But it's, you have an offer to get the email and then you have an offer that actually flushes them out generally. Yeah. Um, and we should talk about when but, that doesn't um, work as well. We should talk about when it doesn't work when the person is too far away from the sale. So, for yeah. example, like um, a bespoke suit, for example, if someone lands on their site and they decide who's going to make the suit, they want a suit made. There's no point giving them a 10% off their, their first suit because... They're not ready for yeah. that. They, they, you've got to understand when people yeah. land on the site, what stage of the buying process they're in. Yeah. And if you do so it when on you say, one of those websites, sorry, you know, if you do it on one of those websites where okay. people aren't ready to buy at that point, effectively the only people who are going to give you the email address are the people who are going to buy anyway, and you'll just lose 10% margin yeah. on those people. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you can, I think you can have multiple email capture points as well. You know, so yeah. so for those people, and when, basically when you said, um, you know, when does it not work? Really, you were saying, you know, you have to be at the same emo emotional level as the as the prospective customer is. So, you know, how how far into that journey are they? You know, are, are they deciding exactly what they want to buy, or they literally haven't got a clue? And the longer the buying window, you know, the long, you know, the, the often the the you know the more considerations the more levels there are yeah so you're you, selling you're sofas doing you know. different baits you're doing you know 
cho uh, guides to choose a word or guides to choose so-and-so or, you know, an interview with someone they're interested in. There's lots of different ways to do it. Now, the only thing that some people sometimes get confused with is data capture rate is, um, and for the first time customers, is capturing email addresses somewhere where it's a waste of time. So mm. you, you, you could do like, you want to you wanna make sure you're capturing the email addresses of the people who are in the stream of traffic who are buying. So if you capture, let's say you've got a PMAX campaign and you're capturing the email addresses of those people coming to the PMAX campaign and like, you know, 5% of those PMAX campaign traffic is buying. If you capture the email addresses of that traffic, they are more likely to buy because they're very similar to those, those people. If you went and put a competition on the site and then went and promoted it on competitions.usa or whatever the, the website is, the people coming to that would, wouldn't be, they're not buyers. They're people looking for competitions. The same thing on Facebook. A lot of the time, if you do lead generation campaigns on Facebook, yeah. you'll get the people who are willing to give you your email address, not necessarily willing to buy. So it's important yeah. to capture the email addresses of the almost buyers in the transactional traffic that you're driving to your website. Uh, can I say a couple of yeah. points on that? Because it came up the other day. So, and there were two things. So, there were two things that were happening. Number one, um, there. It, this was this was somebody selling golf-related sports equipment. They were selling. Um, sorry, they were doing Facebook lead gen for starters. Um, doing Facebook lead gen, and you know that was not. I don't think that's a particularly great idea because they are. Um, Essentially, you might as well get the emails if they're in the site, okay? So I always say, you know, try and get the emails if they're coming in the site, they're coming in the shop. Second point of it was, they're running a competition, but they're running a competition, and they got loads of emails, but the competition was to win a holiday. So if I'm going to do a competition, I would always run a competition on the, inside the website, but to win the products. Mm. So to win a bunch of the products rather than a competition, because if the idea is simply is that yeah. if... Yeah, so... Yeah, people who want to win a holiday aren't necessarily going to come and want to buy a golf trolley. So, because I think, you know, in terms of going back to where the customer is emotionally, you know, they're not sure whether or not they want to buy a, let's say it's an expensive sofa. They're not sure if they want to buy this expensive sofa, you know, so they don't want a $50 off or a £50 off because they don't know what they want yet. Mm. Because it's a competition to win a, you know, a, a, a sofa makeover, and you know, um, that could be quite a good way of capturing people early on. But what you wouldn't do is run that competition outside of the website. Mm. Um, and you wouldn't run you wouldn't run run that competition on something that isn't well, you'd basically run it on something you sell. The yeah. idea is if you want to enter a competition for the sofa, the idea is that you should be buying what yeah. buying. Otherwise they're not interested. I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't care where where we or how we've got the email really as long as we've got the email inside the shop so it's a bit like okay you are you, your e-commerce store is a physical store on the high street and you are you've got people coming in the shop you watch your conversion rate typical conversion rate for a high average order value store let's say let's say two percent okay so you've got 98 percent of people that are coming in the shop aren't buying right so where the hell are you? So you've got 98% of people coming in your shop aren't buying. And if you're not trying to get the email address in the shop, you're basically outside with a billboard 
with a start trying to get people to come into your shop. There's people already in your shop. They're already in mm. there. So get your emails in the shop. And so yeah. it's an absolute no brainer. If that's where you would focus your time, if you had a physical store, you'd be focusing your time at the people who are inside the shop. You'd be getting their email addresses, not doing it on the away somewhere down the street with a billboard and, a, and an arrow going, there's our shop. There's people already in it. Yeah. So and it, and it's, 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 it, it, it's kind of like, if you think about it, the people that come into your physical shop compared to the people who walk past your physical shop, you know, you'd want the email addresses of the people in the shop because they've already, yeah, they've already qualified themselves yeah. by actually going in yeah. the shop. That's right. And the, the, That's pe right. the people who stay in the shop the longest, they're the people you want the email addresses of even more because they're more interested. You just come in and go, no, this isn't for me and then go out. And so those are the email addresses you want. Now you could go and very quickly go and stand on the on the street and give away something for free. Say, do you want to win a free holiday and get loads of email addresses? But they're not as powerful as the people that are actually in the shop. Mm. So that's where you want to capture the email addresses, and that's where you're going to get the almost buyers. Because a lot oftentimes, the reason email works for first-time customers is because you have more space and you have more time to unpack your value proposition, your positioning, your reasons for buying. In an email series, and I, and I don't necessarily actually mean an email series because you know, Ian and I both know that uh, on the betting site we've pretty much only got one email that goes out. That that on the welcome series, it's one email. So it's that first email really that is the most important yeah. one. Well, the two there's two things that two things that we do. I mean, again, you know, we've done the absolute bare minimum here, but but it, it you know it's worked enough thus far, and we've got the business to. Well, we'll be on shooting for some serious, some pretty decent numbers. But basically, all we're doing is we're doing we're doing a, a we're getting the email by giving an offer, straightforward. Offers are already architected into the price, so it's already there. It's not a rolling margin, um, and we tend to do obviously the welcome email that goes has got trust and credibility into it. Um, there's one or two other emails, but mainly it's that first email that goes. But then what we do is we always put these whatever emails we've captured. We call we basically treat them like a prospect. We like, we like prime the pump, and we'll hit them with a big offer. Normally every other weekend or the last week of the month. So and and we just we have something to to give them that nudge. Mm. Um, and it's not sophisticated. It's just the same thing. It's just trust and credibility with an offer. So it's yeah. like our bedding's amazing. Look at everyone raving about it. There's an offer that ends Monday. It's dead simple. And if they don't buy on that particular offer event, there's another one coming two weekends time or another week's time. And it's 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 a continual process of, of of capturing these cold prospects as they come and look through the shop, get their emails, and then we put them into a flushing out mechanism. And it gives us this feeling that we are we can be pushing our ROAS aggressively because it's okay because we're capturing all these emails. We're capturing thousands and thousands and thousands of emails. We're capturing about 15% of all users' emails. So we have 100,000 people to the site. We're capturing 15,000 of them at any one time, roughly. Now, that's quite high. You know, the yeah, average we say yeah. is about 10. 10 so is the average good. Is 10. So 10 is pretty, 10 is, pretty 10 good. 10 is very good. 10 mm -hmm. is very good. Um, you can get higher than that. I mean, it depends, obviously, how... How great the hook is, um, yeah. and obviously our hook is a ridiculously good hook because we've completely architected the price in order to allow us to do these things. 
without a, a, a roading roading margin. So, the, yeah. I think the the thing is, in order to sell something, it's not just about the offer. So the offer is powerful. We've got a good offer, but the, the reason to sell something, and you could see this when we kind of molded that business into where it is today, there was a lot of trust elements, and so in order to work out the positioning and we've talked about positioning before and what worked and what we need to convince people of. We did a lot of split testing on like taglines and different things like that. So we understood what we needed to amplify. And so once you've ca captured that email address, you, you, the reason they've not bought straight away is because they're not being convinced of the positioning. They're not being convinced that either that you're not what, you know, that, that you're not what they want yet or that they haven't quite been convinced. So that email you send to them, that welcome email when you capture them, is very important because it's probably going to be one of your most opened emails because they've literally given you your, their email address. They're fresh, they're in the market, and they're ready to, you know, they're ready to transact, but they haven't done for whatever reason. And so that first email is about, like Ian said before, priming the pump. You want to prime the pump so that they are convinced that if the offer was slightly better, they would they would tip top over the you know they were on the fence basically they would top over the fence if the offer was slightly better. So you've basically improved it from two angles. You're improving the offer and then you're improving the um, the, the value proposition. So you in that first welcome email, you really need to prove that your product in this case bedding does what they believe it is and it's basically in, in terms of the bedding side it's high quality for a good price so it's, it's like the, the most ridiculous product quality bedding you can get for um for uh, for a reasonable mm. affordable price and that's kind of like i'll just say uh, you you're you're absolutely right you're absolutely right um, but it isn't just email's job to to do this the whole e-commerce business because we we came up with the we should probably do a podcast on this actually on the six dominoes of e-commerce we probably mm. already have but we should probably do it again the six dominoes of e-commerce which is essentially the positioning of the brand the, the helping people find the right products setting the job to be done reducing the anxieties uh, adding the trust and credibility and then giving them a reason to act now and basically what Mark's saying is an offer doesn't work and it, unless it's built on something they've yeah. got to want the products in the first place they've got to be convinced that it you know not, you know there's no anxieties there that you know there's no problems with returns or free delivery or whatever how long it's going to take to arrive and then you you've you've shown and demonstrated trust and credibility so evidence of customers raving about it and evidence of third parties endorsing it then the offer works you can't skip it but it, it, it in email helps with that emotional journey mm. um but it isn't it isn't the, you know email's own email is not the only tool because of course this whole thing needs to be embodied throughout the entire yeah you, e you have to have the website too. you have to have something to sell something in the first place don't you like I, I, like mm. I, ben you know my 16 year old son has, has set, set up his first uh, e-commerce business selling the maps and i don't know if you've seen it ian um and he mm. got his um he got his first order the other day from he actually got one from his auntie, but that doesn't really count. But he got his first order from Australia from a first person for the first time, and they actually bought something for like $129. And I was sitting with him and I was saying that the difference between getting no sales and getting your first sale is actually massive. It's, mm. it's there's a massive gulf between those two, and like 
the reason he kind of got there is because we effectively looked at lots of different businesses that were successful. And when we said, well, the, all these are successful and we'll do one like that. So you've got to have that magic, that secret kind of thing that hits the market at the right point that people are willing to buy and all those kind of stuff. And you have to have that. And then the things we talk about today, like if you put this on top of something that's working, you will massively scale the business. But if you put it on something that isn't have doesn't have something, it's not going to work. Yeah. So like take the um, the people that sell the shampoo that we know Ian. Like you put something mm. like this on top of the shampoo business, and it would go absolutely crazy, you know. But if yeah. you put this on top of something that is like that's never made a sale or is struggling to get a, like two sales a month. It's not going to revolutionize stuff. It's it's yeah. you've got to have something yeah. in the market, and you've got to be in it. You've got to be working, yeah. and it's it's like if like it's, if example, if you've got a, a a shop on the high street and no one's in it, and you get you're just getting few people coming in, and then the, the no one's buying. Something else is wrong, isn't it? Even if you capture the email addresses of those people, it's probably not going to help you because something's yeah. wrong. Yeah. Well, it? it's a yeah. It is a re email as a reinforcer. That, that helps communicate the message in the right place, the right time, in the right way. Um, you know, but if you know if you haven't got that under that underlying positioning, trust, credibility, job to be done, haven't reduced anxiety, you know, it, it, people don't care. Like that's why it's called the domino. Like the mm. six dominoes lined up, they don't care about the offer if you haven't demonstrated trust and credibility. They don't care about trust and credibility if they don't believe you can actually deliver it to them in the first place. But they don't care about it being delivered if they don't want the product. They don't care about wanting the product if they don't can't find it. They don't care about finding it if we haven't positioned the brand right in the first place. So it's like you go, you have to go through that that step. If any if anybody's not listened to the six dominoes of e-commerce, because I must have, we must have done the podcast. I'm sure we can look put the link in the show notes. But um, it's a good one to do. An email has to understand where it fits in and how it reinforces those six dominoes um and and obviously the, it's down to the how long the buying window if it's buying a sofa it takes 60 days to just decide on what sofa you're buying if you're buying a car battery it takes 24 hours if you're buying a replacement fridge hinge it takes about you know six hours so it, it's it, but it's it's all it, it's still it's still relevant yeah, the whole journey. Isn't you, it? You, it just reinforces. You have to it know all. what you're doing. You have to know what business you're in, what market you're in, what you're selling, what's important to the customer, why people buy, what the process is they go through to buy, and uh, to buy, and then you have to unpack it, and then you have to amplify the right things. And email is important is a very important part of that. And if you're not doing it for first time customers and you're not doing it well, then someone yeah. is probably doing it well in your industry and is cleaning up. It's that simple. I tell you what, biggest return on investment of marketing channel that we have ever seen in 20 years um, of doing e-com mm. is getting the email right. Yeah, super important. Um, and I think we'll, we'll finish there, Ian. That was a nice one okay. for the first uh, one. It's still 16th. So Hello, nice and relaxed. Time, yeah. I'll, put, I'll take my towel off so I can see myself. Oh, my God, there I am. Take the piece of paper off so I can see you. I don't think normal people. Are you people that intimidated that. by my brother? No, it was your little brother. It was. It was what? It was weird because I'm so used to doing this like uh, as an audio podcast that it was different when I was talking that I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't look and talk at the same time. 
but I think I'll get used to it, to be honest. I think it's just, it's yeah, just it's one of those fine. things. It was just at the beginning, I was just like, because you can actually hear it when I introduced the podcast and I introduced the topic. I couldn't remember the topic of what it was. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, this is, and then I was like, quick, get a towel, put some paper on. Um, and also my camera no. went off halfway through. Uh, and that to be honest, yeah. what happened was what threw me off is we didn't talk about the weather at the beginning. Therefore, I didn't we didn't realize. Oh God! Yeah, and I know. So well, we've done that before. You said it's really hot, and I said that oh, it's really cold. Yeah, and then that's done. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Minus one here. You get what temperatures over there? Uh, in the house yesterday, yesterday it was twenty nine degrees in the house, and it was that's quite, quite stuffy. Warm. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's going to snow tomorrow in England. Go skiing. Go skiing. Yeah, go skiing down Manchester High Street. Yeah. Yeah. No, go go Travel. to go to the, the Alps in New Zealand. You've got nothing like that. Well, I've got a business to run. God's sake. Run it from the Alps. Let's get like a what, well, like a James Bond type yeah. lair at the top of the Alps and and have an evil empire and run it from there. That's my. Um, I think that's Hitler. I think that's what... no. There's that. There's that one where he get this. Um, he's in the top of the Alps, and he and he's he's an evil Bond villain, and he uh, hypnotizes women to go and plant bombs and poisons in in water or something like that. It's the it's one with the uh, is it George Lazenby, the one. That, yeah, the the one that's not. This is in your head. This is the story in your head. It's not. I'll Google this... it now. George. Lazenby, James um, Bond. It, I'll take your word for it. George Lazenby, James Bond, yeah, and he was in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. yeah. Oh. People will be screaming at the podcast now because they're like, you, you do know you're still recording. You could, yeah. you could, you got to, yeah. Let's, I will finish out. there. Stop. Thank you very much. Yeah. Speak to you all soon. Cheers. Cheerio.